God's will. Have you ever thought, what is God's will for my life? If we're honest, I think we all have. Life is filled with so many choices and perspectives that it's, if we're not careful, we can miss the divine or the supernatural in our pursuit of what we want. If we can understand God's will amid those choices, it, you know, it can help to bring clarity to what we experience. Whatever the specifics are in relationship to God's will, meaning each person has their own journey, the ultimate idea of God's will is for us not to perish. Throughout our church life, we hear the phrase, it is not God's will that any should perish, but all come to repentance. I, I think at times we hear it so much that it loses its potential to deliver us from where we are. We hear it so much that it is just another churchy saying amid all the other religious rhetoric. But what, what we don't realize is that the position of God towards humanity is that he does not want us to perish. The whole act of Calvary was done to empower our daily lives. It was done for us not to perish. And here is what we must remember. To perish does not start in the experience. It starts in the mind and then manifest in the experiences we have. In God's mind, you and I have already won because God determined that we would win even if we live like we should win. It is his will that we would not perish. That's the power of Calvary. However, our commitment not to perish is another thing entirely because we are human. It is easy to be influenced by other humans, what they say, what they do, where they go. It all acts as a platform from which we see the world and respond. But to hear God's voice amid it all is to remember God's intention for the life we live. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In this chapter, Peter is trying to get the people of his day to understand that just because the Lord has not returned doesn't mean that his promise to return is null and void. They thought that since Jesus did, had not returned post haste that the life and legacy of Christ was a farce. Peter wanted them to understand that Christ's tearing was connected to God's commitment to save as many lives as possible. God did not want anyone to perish. So when we come to verse 9, we hear Peter reminding his audience that God's promises are not slack. They are not delayed. He will keep his word. It is akin to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3, which says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. God's promise was to seek and save the lost. To keep that promise, God has allowed time to pass to give opportunity for people to be saved. Our salvation comes out of God's perspective to not see us perish. Every promise, every hope, every blessing is seated in God's will that we do not perish. People think that just because God has not brought them out or delivered them from this or that issue, God has forgotten his commitment for them not to perish. Well, part of the problem with that perspective is that it is temporal. It is seated. It is only seated in where they are at the time and not what God has ordained for them as his child. Some people would discount the power and presence of God because 
of the seemingly absence of God. But in the case of our text, God's absence is to secure God's commitment for humanity not to perish. God is long-suffering toward us as we endeavor to live and have life. God recognizes that we have to provide for our families, experience life in its varied forms, be this and that for whoever. So God tarries to account for our temporal mentality in light of his eternal will. He knows that we have a right now perspective and sometimes right now forgets about the significance of tomorrow. We forget that we won't live forever and that right now is a fleeting moment. So God makes a commitment within himself to not let us perish eternally if we will receive him temporally. When we live for Christ, we operate out of God's will not to let us perish. Whatever we face or experience is bound by God's commitment to keep us alive. And whatever the problem, issue, circumstance, or situation, remember, God's timetable is different than ours. It may take longer for a thing to come about, but God has not forgotten. And in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Every person has a due season. I guess that's what, you know, living in God's will is really all about. Our season has an appointed time in his will. It shall speak and not lie. When Peter closes verse nine, he says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance in the text means to turn from sin unto God and be saved or rise again. I think we need to repent from the sin of not trusting God's will when we are looking for God's will. Now, I know that seems like double talk, but it's really not. Sometimes we don't know what to do. We are lost amid the life we're trying to live, yet God allows us to keep on living, knowing that because he be that we belong to him, eventually his will will meet us as we travel on our way. So seek God's will for your life. Seek God's will. Look for it, but look for it by continuing to live. So to seek God's will for our lives is to keep living, knowing that God's commitment for us is not to perish. This will be our flag of hope in every situation. It will sustain us while we look for the specifics. But our job is to believe and trust God's heart for our tomorrows. In a very practical way, God's will for us is his love. Nothing God loves dies forever. It always has the capacity to rise again. But what about the original question you ask? What is God's will for my life? Well, here it is. To rise from whatever you face with God's commitment to keep you from perishing. I'm Dr. Alvin Summers, pastor of East Campus of First Baptist Church, Indian Trail, in Marshville, North Carolina, and you've been listening to Soul Food.